From TomDispatch.com, this is TomCast. Interviews and insight from Tom Dispatch contributors for anyone seeking a deeper understanding of our post-9-11 world and a clear sense of how our global imperial system actually works. I'm Timothy McBain. Recently, I had the pleasure of speaking again with Nick Terse, an award-winning journalist, historian, and associate editor of TomDispatch.com. Nick and I talked about the growing U.S. military presence in Africa, including the training of local armies and militia, and the use of both surveillance and armed drones. So why the relatively sudden expansion of U.S. military in Africa? Well, I, I think this is seen as a, uh, a growth area for, for the Pentagon in many ways. Uh, you know, there's the drawdown going on in Afghanistan. Now, I think uh, U.S. forces will be there for years beyond uh, 2014, but still there's, there are definitely troops leaving there. The Iraq war ended and most of the troops pulled out of there. And Africa is an area where there's still room for expansion. You know, the, the U.S. sees a growing list of, of enemies there, al-Shabaab, the Islamist militant group in Somalia. You know, they're, they're targeting uh, Joseph Kony's murderous Lord's Resistance Army in a, in a couple of countries there, Central African Republic, Congo, South Sudan. There's worries about uh, al-Qaeda-linked militants in uh, post-Qaddafi Libya, and also in areas of North Africa, the Islamist movement Boko Haram in Nigeria. So they, they see a, a whole uh, list of enemies, more, you know, quote-unquote terrorists to go after. You know, in Washington's expansive view of national security, militants anywhere can be a threat to the United States. In Africa, is this strictly the U.S. along with local armies and militia, or are there other non-local forces working in concert? There are mercenary trainers there. I believe there are some uh, other West European trainers working in various places in Africa. But, you know, the, the U.S. is really providing the, the main thrust of, of this effort. And as you mentioned, they are, they are training proxy forces there. There's, there's a lot of small-scale training missions going on all across the continent so that uh, the U.S. can fight its wars there with a uh, you know, relatively light footprint and use uh, as few troops as possible. And from a journalistic standpoint, how easy or difficult is it to keep tabs on this growing U.S. military presence? It's, uh, it's definitely challenging. I've been lucky to ferret out some information from Pentagon documents. But, you know, the U.S. military is generally closed lip about this stuff. It's very hard to, uh, to get them to, to comment in detail on these operations. They're still very shadowy. They, they keep quiet about much of what's going on. The Washington Post, uh, Craig Whitlock there, has, has done some good work. He's been able to, to ferret out some information, but they keep it as quiet as possible. You were one of the first journalists to start covering the issue of drone warfare. And in fact, you just released a book along with Tom Englehart titled Terminator Planet, The First History of Drone Warfare 2001 to 2050. What can you tell us about the drone presence in Africa and how does it compare with that in areas like Afghanistan and Pakistan? You know, obviously in Afghanistan and Pakistan, the drone war uh, is, is much more established and, uh, you know, it's been going on for years now and the drone strikes there have been much greater in number. But we've seen, you know, over the, uh, the last several years, the Obama administration has really increased the amount of drone activity in both East Africa and also across the Gulf of Aden in Yemen. So uh, basically Somalia and Yemen are, are the main places where uh, the U.S. is carrying out armed drone attacks in Africa, but these still have been rather limited. There's also a lot of drone surveillance going on elsewhere in Africa, which is 
has really been under the radar. Uh, they're operating uh, out of Arba Minch, which is a uh, an airport located in Ethiopia. The U.S. also has a drone operation flying out of the Seychelles Islands uh, off the, the eastern coast of Africa in the Indian Ocean. And there are also, I believe, drone operations flying elsewhere on the continent as well as standard manned aircraft in surveillance role. In Africa, the U.S. is using um, uh, manned surveillance a great deal more than it does, say, in, uh, in Pakistan. And what, what's the reason for that? I believe the reason is really to try and uh, fly under the radar, so to speak, that uh, they're afraid that uh, drone aircraft will stand out too much operating in Africa. So they're looking for uh, as low a profile as possible. So they're flying nondescript uh, turboprop planes. They're generally without any kind of insignia, just white planes. Uh, and they're packed with surveillance equipment. But uh, from the outside, it looks like uh, the standard type of, of aircraft that operate in Africa. They don't stand out, so they're able to operate in relative secret. What are the differences between U.S. intervention in North Africa versus Sub-Saharan Africa? You know, last year, the, the U.S. took part in a, a major military campaign uh, in North Africa and Libya. You know, they tried to, t- to take a back seat in that war as much as possible and emphasize the role of other coalition partners. But that was a, a major standard military campaign uh, what's going on pretty much everywhere else in Africa is is a very, you know, what they call low footprint affair. You know, these are small operations, the smallest number of troops possible. Uh, a lot of them are, are accomplished by uh, special operations forces located in, um, in very small bases in places like uh, Central African Republic, Burkina Faso, Uganda. And they're working with local proxies in a very limited way, and the, the air war is very low-key, uh, very much different than what we saw in, in Libya last year. Your latest Tom Dispatch article is part of a series on the changing face of American empire. How does the expanded involvement in Africa fit into a larger picture of U.S. hegemony, especially in comparison with the last decade of war in the Middle East and the ongoing global battle for control of natural resources? You know, the, the, there were three main areas that the, the U.S. You know, moved into post-9-11. We had uh, Central Asia, primarily Afghanistan and Pakistan, the Middle East, the war in Iraq, and uh, beginning in late 2002, early 2003, into Africa. Now, those other military interventions really, you know, they dominated the, the headlines for years, and that's where most of the troops were based. Uh, now the troops are coming out of there, and you know, the, the U.S. role in, in Africa is, is really expanding. As, as I mentioned, there are these small militant groups that generally have uh, local grievances. And, and the U.S. is, you know, I believe in, in some ways using this proliferation of rebel groups in Africa as, as a way to gain a foothold on the continent. Uh, Africa is seen as a, uh, you know, a major growth area for energy resources, oil, gas, minerals, so uh, I, I think this is the, uh, the next frontier, a uh, place that the, the U.S. military wants to put down roots for, for some time to come. To read Nick Terse's latest article, Obama's Scramble for Africa, Secret Wars, Secret Bases, and the Pentagon's New Spice Route in Africa, please visit TomDispatch.com. There you will also find a link to the new book from Tom Englehart and Nick Terse, Terminator Planet. The First History of Drone Warfare, 2001 to 2050, 
which can be purchased in either hard copy or ebook format. I'm Timothy McBain, and until we meet again, thanks for listening.